Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Anaheim 3 is come and gone, and this is the review. The RacerX podcast, uh, BTOsports.com, one of the leading innovators out there for things for your biker body, any parts you need, any piece you need, BTOsports.com has it. Proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short and Matt Gerke. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. And uh, always, always, international guys, check the pricing. Make sure that uh, you're getting the same pricing everywhere you go because uh, some don't always do that, that BTO puts it in the currency that you're in. Also, presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Ken Roxon, Ryan Dungey, they're all in the Fox family. Brock Tickle, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the full line of 2014 products. Instinct Boot, those things look pretty sweet. V4 Helmet, Air Space Performance Goggle, 360 Racewear, Foxhead.com, or visit your localized authorized Fox dealer, of which there are many in the country. All right, Anaheim 3. Wrap up. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, as usual, the two Jasons, Jason Squared. First up, my boss, the RacerX online editor of all things RacerX, the Jason Wigand. Yeah. Two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal champion, uh, the inspiration behind Chad Reed and his wins, the Jason Thomas. Hello. Uh, all right. Look, it's Tuesday, Tuesday night when we're doing this. Sometimes we can't always get to them Sunday, people. Leave me alone. Back off on Twitter. Like, geez. God, you guys are lucky you don't get that. Or did you get any of that? The way I looked at it, like, we were getting them out on Sundays. Count yourself lucky for the Sundays. This weekend we had a Super Bowl. Very busy. Watching Peyton Manning choke yet another big game away. And Stop then, it. And then uh, we tried to do this yesterday with David Pingree. Schedules couldn't quite match up. Today, Wygant, you were, God knows what you were doing today. And, uh, TV with Cameron Steele. Oh, yeah. Cameron Steele. Cameron Steele and I teaming up for the first time ever. The mega powers explode. So Cameron Steele was the color guy, I take it. Uh, we actually didn't decide until pretty much they said, and rolling. And then we, we, we just kind of made it up as we went. Yeah, but he did, come out to, he did turn out to be more of the analyst, and I was more of the play-by-play. Generally, we didn't really you, guys do a thousand, did you guys do a thousand-mile jump? By any chance? <laughs> There were a couple of references to dirtbacks. Cameron, dirt Cameron did how many years in the Supercross booth? Yeah, I don't Too remember many. how many in the booth. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I don't no. remember how many booths. He took over for, does anyone remember that Davey Coombs used to be the TV reporter? Does anybody even remember that? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I watch old races all the time. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave, well, Davey was good. You guys. Yeah. yeah. You guys. But I think it's, it, it's old. 
it's history now. Cameron took over him. I don't remember. Then Cameron eventually is in the booth, but I really don't remember what how many years it all was. Wasn't he? No, he wasn't with Denny Stevenson. It wasn't with that. He was Cameron came in after Bailey, and yet before Denny. Yeah, he was. I remember Cameron did the world rounds when we went to Holland in that year, so oh three. Yeah, that, that was Cameron. Um, anyway, he's so, actually a really nice guy. He is. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Um, that's yeah. I, I, it was. It was actually cool to work with him. I'd never done it before, but he, the guy's, the guy's definitely done a lot of TV. He knows what he's doing. One day, Wygant, maybe you will work with Tess Sewell. One day. Uh, when I worked for X Games, I was the researcher for them. I had to provide them the information, so it was kind of weird. Like, I guess I don't know if that counts. Does that mean I worked with them? I don't no, know. No, no. Um, he did, he probably didn't even know your name. How about the ridiculousness of uh, me having to hand Jeremy McGrath trivia cards to explain to him what this Supercross thing is all about? <laughs> right, right. You know, Jeremy and Cameron and Tess are going to be up there. They're going to need your help. You know, maybe you drop Jeremy a note here, like, hey, maybe mention this. Hey, maybe mention that. You know, they're not all familiar with it. All right. Um, well, look, listen, it's Tuesday night. You're getting this Wednesday morning. And uh, like I said, leave me alone. Stop bugging me. We'll get to it when we get to it. God. Um, I'm very testy. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of things going on these last few days. You know awesome. who else is very testy? Mike Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of... Very testy or just has a testy? No, 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 no. No, no. I, I, I cleared that up. He had two testies. Just one was really big. <laughs> I, I cleared that up with someone that saw it and can confirm it and friends, friends with Mike. Urban myth was that he just had one, but it was not, not true. I'm glad you have friends that are intimately familiar like that. <laughs> Thank you, Regis Harrington. Um, uh, look, you're, and actually, you guys are lucky you're getting this at all because I was going to burn down on my podcast equipment. This social media stuff didn't treat me very well over the weekend. Well, I shouldn't say that. It was, it, it was fine, but there was – why can't – how did you get away with it? Tell me your strategy. I, I don't understand. You and I dropped virtually identical jokes at the same time to essentially the same number of followers sitting next to each other at the same place at the same race. I don't understand. I got not a single response positive or negative i did the same joke and you and, and what makes it worse no. is you said yeah. it about the guy who got the you said it about the guy who got fifth yes i said it about pike why didn't i get in trouble i don't know but you had to have been sitting back just giggling just giggling i think uh i think the only difference was mine was a little more clear that we were really just making fun of Irv, and people listening to this podcast were probably aware that it's a topic comes every once in a while. Because mm-hmm. I directly quoted Irv. Like, it started because Irv was throwing out his introduction to the riders, and we were realizing that it's like he picks an introduction from column A and a rider name from column B, and there's no, there's not necessarily any connection at all. You know, like, it might, like, I'm sure back in the day he probably said, look, and I got another one of those hole shots, Mike LaRocco. Right, right, right. So he announces, and now looking to get that illustrious win. And I'm like, oh, man, who are they going to cheer for now? Is it going to be Stewart, Reed, Villapoto, yeah. Dungy, Roxon? Who are they going? Who's he pumping up here? Let's hear the crowd response. Weston Pike. <laughs> and we're like, come on, dude. Like, Pike is awesome, and he's riding really well, and there's a million things you can say to build up Pike. Privateer, local guy, uh, you know, slaying the factory bikes, 
making it in through the heat race, aiming for a podium. Mm-hmm. But I do not believe when Weston Pike went to the gate, he's like, all right, tonight is the night. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go for my career best seventh, and we're just going to skip everything in between. We're, just, we're winning it. We're winning this sucker. Right. Well, No offense, Weston Pike. So we both thought that was humorous. I quoted Irv. And <laughs> Pike's awesome, but come on. Right. Why do you guys hate privateers? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I don't get it. You guys are both insensitive a-holes. <laughs> do you think that um, Irv ever once said, aiming for the illustrious win? Jason Thomas. He might have. God, he In the might have. LCQ. <laughs> um, by the way, I got another. That would have been accurate. I don't know that how. I don't know how. Why get how you slipped away in the middle of the night with that? And I. Me neither. And I had the half the freestyle people trying to burn my house down. Um, I'm really surprised that Mathis, you haven't retweeted it like 70 times, like 10 times a day, <laughs> hoping to divert some of the negative attention. Oh, Wygant's tweet, you mean? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I, I'm i not going to lie. I thought about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I thought about it. But I'm like, no. Nah. I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. Right. Like, I was so confused. I'm so confused. Like, how did I get away with it? I just like. I got pissed. I just like how somehow me saying Chris Blows can't win, and I stand by that, by the way. I stand by that statement. Somehow means that I want Chris Blows dead or he should quit the sport. I want to know. How that means that. I mean, he's a terrific rider. Uh, making the main event is quite an accomplishment in this field. Um, I've had him on the Pulp Show. I just, I don't want to get too much into this. We talked about it. But I just don't know how the, how the world goes from the, me saying he's not going to win to me absolutely shitting on him. Like, I don't know where that, where that went. But um, it was it was. I strange. think it was just, again, in the subtlety of mine was more obvious that the heat was being put on Irv for a ridiculous quote. And yours looked more like shot out of the dark. Why is he making fun of blows? Yeah. And and I did put in mind, Pike is doing really good, but come on. So maybe that's a, I don't know what it is. I don't right. understand. I said, for example, so not even like I just picked Chris out, but I didn't say like, Chris Blows can't win. I said, for example, let me throw you oh. out one of many guys, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah. getting back to Irv, uh, I heard a funny one last night from Tony Berluti. And I didn't hear this, although I wish I would have. At Oakland, Irv was running down the main event, and he was reading the points. Because Tickle and Hill were not in the main event, and they had both crashed out. And Tony said that he was talking about the RCH guys. And he was just re- In like the intro? Yep, yep, yep. From, you know, just reading down the list of all the guys in the points. So... You're also mad. He he did tell everybody, and the number sixteen, Zach Osborne. Yep, yep. No, well, look at uh, Osborne crash. This is a case of where people say, "Oh, Mathis, quit your complaining or whatever." Blah blah blah. Let the old people have jobs. This kind of stuff. Well, Zach Osborne crashes out in practice. A lot of people know he's done for the day. Irv reads him off because he qualified. You know, Irv reads his name off for the heat. And Adam Wheeler from On Track Off Road goes, dude, dude, Osborne's on the line. Hits me like Osborne's on the line. They just said it, and I'm just like, oh, oh, how wrong you are, Adam. Let me <laughs> let me introduce you to this America thing we call announcing. Um, you guys are mean. I like her. So 
Like, there's a prime example. We had a Europe, one of Europeans' premier journalists confused, not knowing what's going on. Yeah, so. Um, yes, you guys are not nice people. All right, let's get started on this. And, and uh, I do want to ask you about the all-time Supercross win list that we had on the Pulp Show, Weege, but JT and I weighed in on it, but uh, I wanted to get your take on it. But maybe we'll, I'll wait a little bit on that and see what you think of what we discussed. But, look, uh, JT, the floor is yours. Uh, the 22 did it again. Pretty impressive. Um, I was, yeah, I was pretty damn nervous the whole main event. Uh, I thought he was going to do well because uh, I thought the track was suited him pretty well. You know, one one really tough loop section, pretty technical. Uh, but I, I'd be lying if I said I saw that coming. You, so. how motivated were you? Oh, I got extremely motivated. Never been so motivated. Um, and here's the thing, too. <clears throat> he won without doing the quad, the big jump, just like Ryan Villapoto last month or last week. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling you will learn more about that if you read my column. Oh, I don't read your stuff. Yeah, well, you, maybe you should. Maybe you'll learn something new. Stop um, being so mean to Herb and privateers. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so good for Chad Reed. It's kinda, that's awesome. Um, Weege, which win for Chad Reed was more impressive for you? Man, it's tough because there were – obviously, if you just take it on paper – Filippoto and Dungey did fall at Anaheim too, um, right? And right. and even Reed said, <clears throat> you know, he was on Filippoto's wheel, so that's one thing. But you know, Dungey was starting to move out, and even Chad said it might have been tough. He might not have been able to get Dungey. In fact, he even said, I don't think I would have got him. So there is that. But at the same time, there's something epic about you know, 15 laps into the main event, the guy hasn't won a race in <clears throat> a year and a half or whatnot, and just seeing the opportunity and seizing the moment. And, um, you know, going after Stewart, who's been his longtime rival, on Retro Night, there's just something epic about that uh, that's hard to describe uh, on paper. Now, obviously, this one, he passed Villapoto and left him, and you and I, were when we were watching the race, we were running through the mental Rolodex. Do you remember when was the last time, actually, Villapoto's been beaten like that? And he was beaten by Roxton here as well. And I know that it's a championship thing, and it wasn't his favorite track, et cetera, et cetera, but the, the facts are, haven't seen people beat Villapoto straight up. No, uh, no. So I'd say on paper this is more impressive, but just the emotion of that night in Anaheim too is hard to overcome. Nope, this one was better. Yep, without a doubt. Yep, because uh, grabs the lead early, RV's on him, Roxon's on him, Stewart, Dungey, uh, Barsha, all there. By the way, at one point in the, in the main, like after the whoop section. I'm looking at the six guys in the top spot, six spots, and I'm just, like, blown away by the quality of each one of them. You know what I mean? It was Reed, Roxon, Villapoto, Stewart, Dungey, Barsha, top six. And, sorry, we, Brayton was in, there, in the seventh spot. But um, just the top six, I was going, wow, this is, this is it. This is, this is what we all wanted to see right here. Anyways, um, so I'm going, I'm going A3 all the way, pulling away. He's got constant pressure, pulling away from Villapoto, constant pressure from Rocks and the whole thing. Um, yep, A3, better win, stamp it. Yeah, I, I think they're the one that uh, you're going to have five years from now, 100,000 people are going to claim they saw in person. They'll lie about Anaheim 2 more than uh, mm, yeah. Anaheim 3. Yeah, and maybe that's yeah. what makes it better then, right? Maybe that's what 
I mean, it's hard to say. Again, when was the last time we saw this happen in Villapoto? And again, I know he's he's battling for a title. I mean, obviously, I guess, um, you know, Minneapolis last year, uh, he dungeon went back and forth a couple times, but wasn't, even that one wasn't quite like this. You know what I mean? Like he was, that was down the last lap. He still had a shot, but this time, maybe what, five laps to go, he waved the flag and said, these guys got me tonight. What do you think happened there, JT? I have no idea. Um, kind of wondering the same thing myself. He claims that, you know, the track was going away and he decided to back it down. Um, I don't really know. I, you know, I heard some people saying they saw him after the race and he, he looked physically spent. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know better than, than to think that Ranville Poto is not in shape. Uh, I, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and, you know, mm. take him on, take him at his word and, because I don't know how else we're going to know anyway. So, um, nice rebound by, uh, Kenny Roxon Weege. Yeah, he's been, uh, Really, the king of Anaheim because the other two races were okay, but not great. But what a difference um, at these three Anaheims, and it's kind of weird. I tweeted this even before the main event in Oakland. It's weird out of the entire pack of those, you know, six guys you mentioned, or or seven or eight. If you want to throw in Brayton and Tomac's back, and and guys like that, I think Roxon is getting the least attention somehow. Even though he's been in the points lead two different times, and mm-hmm. you know he's a rookie, you'd think that'd be a big splash, and he's already won a race, which a lot of these guys haven't done. Mm-hmm. But he's somehow under the radar every weekend. Do you notice that? Yeah, no. We're talking about what an awesome season Brayton is having, and Chad's having, and Villapoto's Villapoto, and Stewart's always going to be talked about, and Dungey's now Angry, Ang- Dunge. Angry Dunge and Crash Dunge, and uh, Barsha. What's wrong with Barsha? So yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and uh, and even Weston Pike, like holy shit balls. Look at Weston Pike, you know. And then there's yeah. Kenny Roxon, just uh, just um, motoring around. I, uh, something David Villeman, uh wrote on Pulp MX struck me, and I think he's right, JT. Does Roxon look like he he came into the 250 class like someone was had a cattle prod in the stands, or he had like one of those shock collars on, and the guy in the stands was just working it, and he was flicking and scrubbing and moving, and we've sort of seen an evolution of Kenny, and now he's on a 450. He he looks in a neutral body position. He looks in control. He looks like I don't know. He just he seems to have calmed down a little bit. Yeah, and I think you kind of have to. Well, I shouldn't say you have to. I think you have to ride the 250 much more aggressively. I don't think that the way the pace is right now, you can go out there and look calm and look uh, the same way he looks on a first. Or 450. I don't think you can look that way on a 250 and go that pace. So I think the on the 450 is the way he likes to ride. Just on the 250 and Supercross, you really don't have that option. You have to, mm-hmm. you kind of have to push the bike to go those speeds and be aggressive with it. So uh, I think he's more comfortable on the 450, and this is uh, much more his preferred style of racing. What did you think, Weege? Uh, well, first of all, let's get let's get back to Chad Reed. Is he – I still think Villapoto is a favorite for this thing. I think we all agree, right? I would have to agree. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if some people are. I think – you know what I think I'm experiencing right now? Um, no, please tell I want us. To talk about this. Yeah, you don't know. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this last week. What I'm noticing is Villapoto is now officially won enough where I think people are tired of him winning. 
uh, and not just Tony Blazer, but uh, other people. So uh, I think people want to see somebody else win, which is always the case. He's won a lot. Uh, I think everyone fears when they go to the gate. Like I think every fan is in the back of their mind. Oh, I hope Villapoto gets a bad start. That would be cool. Um, I think it's just there now. So our job is to try to be as neutral as we can and just call it as we see it. And we say things like, hmm, Villapoto is still the favorite. And I think that gets people mad because they don't want him to be. They don't want him to be the favorite. So I think there's a big disconnect between us saying we think he's the favorite because that's what we honestly think, and other people are kind of saying what they want to believe, which is, no, no, it won't be like this. It will be close all year. Uh, so I think we're going to be battling this all year long. This, we think he's the favorite, and people are probably going to say that we're a-holes for saying that because they don't want that to be true. Yeah, maybe so. Sounds like you put a lot of thought into this. <clears throat> well, yeah, um, I, I have. Because I'm wondering, I'm, I'm seeing feedback that I've never heard before. Um, you know, the amount of people who have said, dude, it's clear he doesn't have an edge this year like he did last year. And I'm like, dude, last year he was way worse at the opening round. Way, way, way worse. And he still won the title with a race that's fair. You have to be careful to draw conclusions after five rounds. I mean, look at last season. But I don't think people want to hear that. They want to hear, you know, seven guys can win the title, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're going to battle. We're starting to see a little bit of a break here in the in the standings. Look, we got Ryan Villapoto, 104, Chad Reed, 102, Ken Rocks at 97. So, seven points, first to third place. Uh, not, nine points back to Brayton, and, fifth, and uh, 15 points back to Stewart. Like... The top three are already sort of breaking away, JT. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 early to draw conclusions okay. to follow up All on right. what we'd say. If we had if we had jumped to conclusions after five rounds last year, there's no way anybody would have picked Bill Porter to win the title. No. So I just don't think you can really you know we're we're what thirty thirty percent. Through the series, not even. No, you know, it's just... I, I don't agree with that, JT. I mean, I, Villapoto, no matter how many points down, he's still picked to win the title. I don't think. I'm just saying this. This same line of thinking. If we're gonna, if we're gonna apply the same line of thinking that people are going with this year to last year, then it, then just see how ridiculous that looks. So yeah, but we're smart. I'm, we're supposed to be smart, and we knew Villapoto was still in it last year. I I understand that, but I'm just saying. I think it's. I would just I just agree with Weeds that it's way too early for people to have any idea of what I mean the series doesn't even start till Daytona. So <laughs> what are we even talking about? Now we should just fold this podcast up. Just fold it up. Come back at round uh ten Daytona, which is by the way, IE the worst round of the series. That's what they call it. That's what a lot of people call That's it. That's absolutely No, I thought you were cool now. No, I no, I'm not cool with it. I was I was better with it, but I'm not still not cool with it, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, I uh, the, the sweet did it all. Uh, the sweet was awesome. It was sweet, um, and I liked Daytona much better. But it's still the worst round of the series. You're out of your mind. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so incredible. You're right. I, I'm so wrong. Uh, you just like it because you're in. If there was a Winnipeg round, I would be defending it just like you. I happen to think Daytona is awesome. It's very different. Um, yeah, I, I actually think it's really good. Okay, um, moving on. So. We share something we talked about on the Pulp Show. I want to get your opinion on it because you're dorky enough like us to where you would debate this. Um, 
So the all-time Supercross win list, McGrath's record of 72 is pretty safe, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so we have RC at 48, James at 45, Chad at 44, and RV at 36. Who sits in second when, it, when all three guys are done, done and retired? Who's sitting in second, do you think? Uh, I believe going into the year, there was a belief that by the end of the season, uh, Villapoto uh, would be third and maybe even second. Because um, he was how many behind Carmichael going in? Uh, going in, he was uh, 14. Okay, maybe not at the end of the year. I guess passing uh, Stewart and Reed, yeah. I guess, is what. Because uh, uh, he had to win like 10, and a lot of people thought he could win 10 races this year. Yeah, um, he, had, uh, he, had, he was 11 back of Stu. Yeah, and I think a lot of people thought, okay, that's, that's potentially doable this season alone. Um, maybe Stewart gets one or, or gets a few and, and pulls back ahead. The, the complete confusion here is this Chad Reed thing. Like, I don't think anyone can figure it out anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's, there's no history here. There's no data you can use to, to back up what's going to happen next. There is nothing about this that is predictable in any way, shape, or form. He's won two out of five races already. Uh, so how many behind Stewart is he now? Uh, who, Villapoto? Reed. How oh, many one, behind one, Stewart? One. Right. Right. Like, I think the prediction was Stewart was going to pull further ahead, not get past. So I don't know how you answer that question with this ridiculous wild card right now. Well, I mean, um, the more I look at it, the more stats we crunch on Reed, the less sense it actually makes. Yeah. Hey, you got a point. Um, you know, Stewart's 28. Chad's 32, going to be 32 real shortly. So, I mean, Stu's – JT's theory was that Stu – he doesn't think Stu has um, too much time left, and so he won't get too many more wins. But theoretically, if, if Stu were to stick it out, he's got four years to to get that second place. But I think you're seeing a difference in how the years are affecting the two guys. Right, right. right. Um, like, if anything, you're seeing a read at pretty darn similar – to what he has been the whole time. I mean, it, if there's any difference at all, it's minor. Uh, we're at the same time, like, come on, this is clearly not 2007, 2008 James Stewart. So, but how is that possible when Reed's older? That's what makes it so puzzling. So what you're saying basically is just don't even talk about Chad Reed as being like a normal guy. Just throw him out and then discuss everybody else. <laughs> I, I think so. Like, we can kind of figure maybe where Villapoto will go or Stewart. And I think we know Carmichael and uh, Reed or uh, and McGrath or where they are, but the Reed thing, man, I have no idea. I, I mean, right. I thought it was similar to other guys, but like I said, the more we break it down, I'm like, no, wait a minute, this just doesn't. You know, this isn't supposed to be happening. I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I feel like RC can't win anymore. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like that he can't win anymore. I feel like Treat he's that. he's going to be forty. Uh, he's going to be stuck at forty eight. Yeah. I think for a while. Uh, by the way, while we're on this subject, I don't know if you guys read the. Uh, did you guys read Monday conversation that we had with Reed? I did not. I did my own uh, Sunday Saturday conversation with Chad Reed. Well, I asked him in there. I said, um, you know, do you think things seem to evolve and get faster every year? So, are you somehow actually riding better at age thirty-one than you ever have before? Mm-hmm. And he said, honestly, I don't think I'm riding any better than I did when I was racing Carmichael and Stewart back in the day. I don't think the level's gone up at all. I think the tracks have gotten easier. And then he really, as only Chattery can do, he said something. It's what he believes. It's quite controversial, but he might be right. He said the difference is more, there's more guys 
that are running the pace. It used to just be three of us. But that might just be because the tracks are easier. I'm not sure because they're all better or the tracks just allow and the bikes allow things to, to neutral out. But he does not think he's actually riding any better or the pace is any faster or it's any more difficult than it was racing Carmichael and Stewart, you know, five or eight years ago, which I thought was quite interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, that, that is interesting. Uh, Chad sometimes says things just to say things and to get a reaction, so... Hard to know if he truly, truly feels that way. I mean, probably, but I'm just saying. Like, he, sometimes he just drops some things in there just to drop a bomb right. into, into conversations. Um, I don't know. What do you think, JT? I think the pace is higher, but I think it's because the bikes are better. Uh, I, I don't think that the riding skills have evolved a huge amount, maybe, maybe a little bit here and there, but the bikes have improved quite a bit. I think if you had gone back, you know, uh, 2003, 2004, 2005, and put those same guys on that slippery of a racetrack that they had on Saturday night, you would have seen a huge difference. So I don't necessarily agree. If he wants to talk about the riding skill level, that may be a different conversation, but the pace, I think, is higher. Yeah, I guess, you know, his point is the bikes are the bikes. Like, everybody's, everybody's even year to year on that. It is a hard thing. We've we've all said that we think Filippoto is going faster than anyone ever has just because of the general evolution of the bike and stuff. But at the same time, Reed's saying, you know, I was battling James Stewart in his prime. We all know how fast he is. And the other guy is known as the greatest of all time. So it is kind of hard to discount uh, beating those guys or racing with those guys in those years. They had a pretty good reputation. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, definitely interesting. Um bench race debate so yeah did you give us an answer though why again oh for who's going to be second when it's all over yeah uh, uh you... i'll still I'll, I'll still uh i'll still go villapoto i'll still do it okay why don't you tweet that <clears throat> uh i'm not going to tweet anything this week i got away with one and uh, we're just going to keep it that oh, way i'd like to close my account just move along shut it down right um, did did either one of you two see the Dunge Stew collision? No, darn it, did not. Anybody? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, it reminded me a lot of what uh, Malcolm did to J- Jason Anderson. Um, <laughs> jumping to the inside there. So, did you watch the GoPro of the Jason Anderson Mookie incidents? Either one of you today it was released today. No, no, I didn't see that. JT. I did not. Oh, you should, I should read this website. It's called RacerX Online. I was sorry, uh, bro. I have a real job. Cameron Steele. You're, you're yeah. with Cameron Steele, and JT's got a real job. Well, anyways, um, I, I would imagine it would be a lot like that. Like, sort of, James had the line, and like, what he thought was a line in the middle of the turn, and then all of a sudden, dude jumps to the inside because there's a different way to do that rhythm section. And uh, dude jumps to the inside, and boom, knocks him down. So. I wanted to discuss that a little bit, but neither one of you guys saw it. Um, it was, wasn't was dirty, but it was angry dunge. It was aggressive dunge. No doubt about it. And then he goes, crashes in the whoops, and breaks his uh, clutch master cylinder, which I'm sure if you're a Stewart fan, you're saying that's the motocross gods getting him back. But this is a, this is a different Ryan Dungey, Wygant, lately. It's, 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 I like it, though. Uh, yeah, but... Um... But yeah, if you're if going to be able to go, if you can eventually be able to go back to the bosses and be like, you're right, right. Okay, let's <laughs> let's look at the results. Hey, 
jerkies, come here, gather around. Let's let's look at my way and then look at your way. It's true. Yeah. Two second places, or two se- uh, or, or a second and a third. Yeah, second, second and third. Yeah, second and third. And pretty poor results since. It's been awesome to watch. He's been trying, but it hasn't been working out. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't worked out. By the way, I did confirm though. I did confirm. I talked to the coster and I said, "Can you please confirm our theory that someone told Ryan something, and that's why he's been angry Dutch lately?" And the coster laughed. They said, "Yes, there were conversations. There were heated conversations." <laughs> he said heated. I believe he said heated. <laughs> Didn't say heated. He still laughed. Still laughed and said yes. So um, thank you for not a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, I think we're JT. We're all in agreement of that, right? Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure that yes, he. You know, this is a conscious decision. Whether it was prompted or not, I, I would yeah. assume it was. But it's definitely a different approach that he's taking right now. The uh, the bland the angry blanding turtle. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So while uh, he's. Dug himself a hole now, but he's certainly, if he can get back to being consistent the way he is, and, you know, he'll be right back in it in, in no time. Um, oh, so we're saying all Dungeon needs to do is just back it down, just be consistent, bro. You don't need to be getting aggro out there. And <laughs> well, it's not working. That's what we need to do now. It's not working. Whatever, whatever he's doing is not working. So, um, Dungeon would just work on the consistency and just try to get podiums. That's what he needs. He's such a winter <laughs> crash guy. God. <laughs> he is. He's a cow. God, dude. Um. Hey, Dude, you have to admit that was total role reversal. Like the irony. Well, um, yeah, he jumps inside and takes Stewart out. Nah, it's crazy, man. Don just yeah, he's angry. Have you talked to him after the races, Wygant? No, no, I actually haven't in any of these angry races. I got it because he hasn't been on the podium, and then you're pretty much your chances of getting at any of those guys at that level if they're not on the podium by the time you get to the trucks, like an hour after the podium and stuff, forget it. Yeah. So Angry Dunge doesn't get to the podium. Angry Dunge doesn't get interviewed. Darn it. <laughs> Got to get Angry Dunge on the podium. Um, does it just mean Justin Barsha's back with his fourth JT? He looks better. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think he was much better, so uh, we'll see. What, but, happened, what happened to his working on the starts thing with MC? Uh, I'm pretty sure he probably worked on his starts. No, I'm just saying that his starts were terrible at Anaheim. Oh, okay. Well, they weren't, they weren't I, good. Yeah. So Rome wasn't built in a day. All right. Um, hey, uh, what do you think, Weege? Justin Barsha. Yeah, that was a lot better. I mean, uh, those guys were all going very similar speed. I mean, I think they all had moments. Like, Barsha rolled up on, caught Dungey and Stewart at one point. <laughs> And then Stewart and Dungey also were starting to catch the lead three. So, like, all six of them probably had a point where they were the fastest guy in that train. And I guess that's really all you can ask for, you know. To say you should just wax the dudes mm-hmm. for 20 laps is a, is a tall order. He should at least just be in contention. He definitely was. But it is weird. Like, I would think if you took a survey of, you know, guys who've had most hole shots or are best starters, I would think, like, Barsha and, say, Will Hahn would be known as two of the best, and they have been – Maybe the worst starters. Yeah. It's really strange. They've both been uh, terrible this year. I was like, hey, weird. Well, I know you're big on the, the Brayton and Barsha coming together and the transfer of power. I well, I was, but now I'm afraid I'm just going to be working against me because I believe it just transferred back. Well, I was going to go with, like, do you think Will might have bumped into LaRocco at some point? 
You know, like, <laughs> like how far I'm do sure we want? Did. How far Probably do we want? Getting punched in the face or something. How far do we want to take this? This theory. Um, uh, did you guys see Will Hans crash? No, only like uh, the last, oh. the last quarter of it. I really wanted to see what you guys thought. Whose was gnarlier, Han, Webb, or Pike? Because they all just ate shit, and they all got up and finished. And, and well, Pike didn't, I guess, but raced the next week, anyways. Um, they were all pretty gnarly crashes. I wanted to see if you guys could award a, a gold, silver, bronze in these Olympic times. Man, I might go Pike on that. I'm going Pike for the gold still. Yeah. The distance. He had the distance. Really? Did anybody else fly that far? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Nope. I'm going to go with the distance. I know Han was in a whoop, which is yeah. painful in a completely different way. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I talked to Wilbur after that, and uh, he said he was pumped. You know, the whoops are big, and he likes them. And he's like, it came back to hurt me. And I understand they don't want big whoops because of things like that, but I'll take it. Like, that was my fault. I shouldn't have. Missed one with my front wheel. That's on me. And I don't want them to make them any smaller this week or, or any week. Like, I want them like that. That's my fault. Let me race on them. Yeah, so I, there like, you go. I like this track. I know you like it. I know you like that, Mathis. Yeah. No, I like, I like things that are like, hey, look at my balls. They're on the crossbar, and I'm quadding. Look at, look at me accelerate into this set of big nasty whoops. Look at Brayton and Tomac going 3-2 in that section before the sand. Didn't see anyone else do it. But those two guys did. I love that. I love that separator stuff. J- mm-hmm. JT. It's good stuff. No, it's cool. I, I'm a big fan of the tracks thus far. Big fan. I like I like the creativity. I like the difficulty level. I'm yeah. Kudos kudos to their work. Some I like what they're doing. Uh speaking of Tomac, flat tire. What's with the flat tires? Brayton had one in practice. Um Tomac got one this week in the in the main. Last time, last week, last time there was three of them. Damn, butter rocks. Yeah, even Chad said they ran heavy duty tubes, which is unheard of for Supercross. Um, clearly, the what dirt. about uh, what about monster truck parts? Yeah, I think I think they got a strut in one one of their caught in one of their wheels. Maybe a really? maybe a mirror from a seventy three Buick. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> hey, uh, pop quiz. Name me. The five riders that have finished the top ten in every 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 race this far. Weege, go ahead. Five? Five riders. Uh let's see. Uh Villapoto and Reed. Roxon. Brayton. Uh that's four, right? Yep. Uh shoot paper in front of me. Who is the fourth guy? Um is this where I'm designed? This is the trip up part. Am I assuming? <laughs> it's so hard to get to you. Yeah, good job. Um, I'm out. I don't know. Jay Short. Huh? Huh? Short? Andrew Short is right. Andrew oh. Short is right. I thought he had a... I'm sorry. I thought he had an 11th in there. Guy's just, just motoring along, dude. He's just motoring along. He got a 10th at Oakland. So... Um, Pretty good. Pretty good season for him, JT. Yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I think he's capable of more. I really do. Um, you know, I, he's still got something. I mean, he did the quad this weekend when Dude, yeah. no one was really doing the quad. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's got more in him. Uh, but I think he's 
he's going to have to get a start to show it. I don't think he can catch up to those guys, but I really think if he starts top three, we can see him, you know, get a four, five, six finish. I don't know if he can get on the podium or not. I haven't seen podium speed out of him in a main event per se yet, uh, but I, I think he's capable of, you know, a fifth or a fourth. Obviously, if Weston Pike can get fifth, I think that Andrew Short is just as capable or, or higher chance of getting a fifth. Pike's on fire. I think he can't win. Are you saying he can't win? Oh, man. I, I would never say anything about anyone like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good work. Um, Pike's uh, – so, anyway, and Shorty had a front wheel, some spokes missing, right, JT? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, Brayton got into him a bit, and uh, let's say he loosened a few spokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps Brayton was upset that Weston Pike had passed him and completely pulled away. <laughs> um. Transfer power. What are you going to do? What about this Pike guy? Damn. Like, if he had only, you know, like I said to him after the race, if he had gotten, you know, a couple of tenths uh, at those races, he would be, like, solidly inside the top ten right now. And instead, he's 12th in the points. But, um, JT, this is pretty good. This is pretty surprising. He's good. I I text. I literally text someone every weekend, uh, December 40 guy, he's for real. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm telling myself. So maybe I just text myself. <laughs> but I know I text someone every weekend. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that number 40 guy, uh, that's fly racing rider, he, he's actually pretty good. Through the heats. Through the heats. Both two weeks in a row. Yeah. I, it's When are we going to stop talking about him as a, it's, a, it's a surprise? Because that day is coming. I know we've talked about this very subject before, yeah, but yeah. It, it's got to stop being a surprise at some point, right? Yeah, at this point, if he can keep the bike together, we just right. we just but, we just but just the le- just his speed and even yeah. you know the heat, winning the semi, um, all the things he's done, it's it just shouldn't be shocking at this point. You know, coming off the outdoors last year, his rides, uh, I mean, this is this is him. You know. As much as we don't want to believe it, and as much as people just can't get it through their head, and I'm one of them, this is this is Weston Pike. How much, like it or not, how much does the surprise have to do in the fact that let's face it, he's not in the cool club of guys. You know, there's certain guys out there that all the sponsors love and magazines love, and it's not Weston Pike. How much of it is but that? I just don't think he has the the background or the foundation of that because he wasn't he started racing late yeah, yeah he wasn't really really good so he didn't come up as a fox kid or he didn't come up through the flies program or any of these programs or team green or any of this so he doesn't have that foundation with sponsors that are like oh yeah that's our guy but like a no, jason well, anderson that my, i know you're you're just explaining what i said so right exactly how yeah. much how much does talk of him being a surprise and all this kind of stuff have to do with the fact that he's not accepted in the cool guys club, you know, like people don't, people look at him like this weird guy. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a gargoyle. Maybe he's actually a gorilla. Who knows? You know, well, I don't know if they say that, but they whisper it anyways. Um, but like, he just isn't, he probably doesn't, does he hang out with anyone? Probably not. He's a nihilist. 
Like he's actually, uh, I think he's all right. I mean, he's a he's a SoCal guy, you know, who grew yeah. up in Winchester, which yeah. is right in Temecula and Marietta. But don't I think you... he has more friends than you think. But when you're talking about if he's friends with guys like Reed and and Brayton and Bill Poto, probably not because he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't at that level, you know. Right. And I don't. I think he's slowly earning that respect from them. You know, th- this sport is all about. There's obviously a level of people that are just hangers on her and cool guy stuff, but. When you start talking about earning the respect as a rider from guys like uh, Phil Poto, even guys like Nick Way and those guys, I think he's getting there. I think yeah. you know when he when they see each other in public, it's a much different scenario that when, than would have played out three or four years ago. So, and like, uh, anything that's coming to him, he's earned it. Like Albertson too said on the Pulp Show, like he also threatens to beat you up if you don't get sprockets for antinaps. <laughs> we Albertson said that Pike came up to him and was like, "Yo, Albertson, my boy Antonap needs a sprocket." And Albertson's like, "Uh, are you shaking me down? Do I have to? I guess I'll give him one." <laughs> well, I would assume since they're both motorsport guys, that was, I know, uh, I know. I'm just yeah, just yeah. kidding. It just was funny. Pike Pike came over. <laughs> I'll get your lunch money and a sprocket. You um, know, last year we were talking about this this Pike thing, and I said, you know, we. We said, oh, there's some PR faux pas maybe he's had in the past that's holding him back. But I said, yeah, but at this point, the results are are too good, and the PR stuff isn't bad enough. Like, it's minor stuff. Like, my, it, the dude hasn't gone to jail. He maybe has threatened to beat people up, but he hasn't done it. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a – the PR thing is, is not bad enough to outweigh this. We're not talking J-Law here, you know what I mean? No, of course not, yeah. I, I, I so, it was puzzling to me, and I was like, I don't, it's, something doesn't make sense here. The PR stuff isn't that bad. But I finally, this weekend, figured it out, and it's, it's, it's what JT just said. When I talked to Weston after the race, he said he stopped racing for like 10 years. He started racing just like everybody else at like 4 or 5, then he just stopped, and then he started again. Well, that's it. That's where these reputations are built. That's how you establish yourself. You know, when you're Nico Izzy and people saw you kill it for eight years as a kid, there's always the belief that you're legitimately fast because you already proved it for eight years. In the case of Weston Pike, he's proven it for 18 months. I mean, I remember in 2012, I think, interviewing him, and he was known as the guy when they're battling for 18th and guys are getting lapped. He ignores the blue flag so he can make a sucker pass. And you're like, that's just privateer life, bro. You got to earn that extra twenty bucks, like that. Yeah, that's who Weston Pike is. Like he's not. Yeah, he's trying to make the mains. He's trying to scratch a living together. This is only two seasons ago. So the track record of him being this fast is so short compared to other guys who have had literally a lifetime of. Well, we know what kind of potential this guy has. Mm-hmm. That's it. That explains everything. That's all of it. And I don't even mean cool guy like he's not cool enough or he's not in the cool club. I just mean. There's not enough data on this guy is legitimately fast um, like everybody else. Although I will point out, he did win a title at Loretta's in a showdown with, I remember this, none other than Malcolm Stewart. Whoa. Because everyone was pumped. Mookie was finally going to get a title. And some linebacker <laughs> beat him. And everybody's like, who is this dude? Like, he beat Mookie. Like, this was Mookie's year. This was his shot. He didn't have anyone in the class that was known. Mookie was going to do it. Uh, but still, like, it's just too new. And I guarantee you any of the PR problems we had, it won't be an issue next year because if he keeps running like this, he'll have plenty of offers. 
It's linebacker on linebacker violence at Loretta's back then. Yeah, can you imagine those two coming together? Yeah. Who's going to move? Yeah. Mookie wasn't quite as big back then. This is like probably 16-year-old Mookie. Oh. Wasn't quite the same. Um, yeah. You know what is the same, though, Weege, is uh, BTOsports.com. That's right. Check them out online. They've been a supporter of this uh, Racer X podcast since 2007 or something, seven or eight. They've been around for a long time, and they've uh, sponsored the race team as well forever, the uh, Butler Brothers race team, now the BTOsports.com team. Anything you need for your bike or body, use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money on selected brands. And uh, they got OEM parts now. And, uh, again, international guys, um, there's no jacking up of any prices. The, you guys pay the same prices as the people in the U.S., so keep an eye on that. And, of course, the Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, a global innovation for motocross racewear, Instinct Boot, V4 Helmet, Airspace Performance Goggle, 360 racewear to fit adult and youth riders alike. For more information, check out foxhead.com or visit your localized, authorized Fox dealer. And also, too, by the way, listen to this Race Tech commercial to save yourself some money. If you're looking for some suspension work, use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money at racetech.com. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension. And they've been around a long time. And their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike. And use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do it yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tag. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the show. The A3 wrap-up. I'm Steve Mathis, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant on the line with me. Um, Weege, that 350 KTM <clears throat> looks good, dude. Looks good. You called it. I you did. You called it. I did, didn't I? It feels good to be right. Um, Woo! Excellent reporting on your on your um, on your um, end of the end of the deal. When I talked to Dave Gallon on uh, Friday at an autograph signing, he said you pretty much had all the facts, one hundred percent dead on accurate. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Nothing yeah. like uh, nothing like this industry to just make you uh, want to just uh, throw yourself in front of a bullet train. Um. Anyways, look, Ivan Tedesco's on to 350. Got a 10th place, best uh, best finish of the season. I still don't like this move. I told Carlos Rivera, Dungeons Mechanic, you talk to me at the end of the season. He said, oh, I will. And uh, we were like two gunfighters. We agreed to put it off till Vegas. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the bike. But, hey, still, no matter what, uh, Ivan Tedesco got a season best finish. It looks good on it. Told me that he can ride it faster for longer. So um, we'll see, JT. We'll see how he can do. Yeah, it was better than I thought he would do. We'll see how it plays out. He's, you know, he's one for one. Right. And, um, look, it's – I asked Dave, Dave Gowan, the manager, who's a Canadian, by the way, used to work for Rollerball, 
and we will always have that bond. And um, I said, Dave, so what's up with Colt Thompson riding the, riding the bike? And Dave goes to me at Phoenix. Yeah, we have to have a bike on the tr- a 350 on the track as per our contract. And I go, oh, okay, all right, cool. So Cole Thompson, I'm looking forward to Cole Thompson, the Canadian, uh, taking over the world. While it doesn't quite happen that way, Cole struggled a bit on the bike. So coincidentally, they tell Cole, hey, just go get ready for 250 East Series. And wouldn't you know it, Ivan Tedesco shows up on a 350. So I write, Racer X Rapid Reaction, talk about the bike, talk about how I don't like it for racing, then talk about how Ivan was you know, being a good soldier and racing for the team. And those guys are not happy at all. And then, so I heard from like three people, Dave Gowan is looking for you. And I don't think it was to tell me old rollerball stories. Oh, that would have been awesome. And uh, so I find Dave, go over, talk to him. Hey, Dave, look here, you're looking for me? And he's just like, why you got to do that? What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like, you told me it was in your contract. He goes, no, it, it's our, in our contract that we get extra help from KTM if we have a 350. Well, okay, that's different from it's in our contract. And, folks, I'm giving you a little glimpse behind the curtain of what it's like to deal with uh, some some things go on in the industry when you're a media guy. I didn't I, – next time I guess I need to say, let me see that contract, Dave, and I'm going to get this authorized and notarized and photocopied, and I'll get back to you. So, anyways, I like Dave Gowan. I like Bobby Hewitt. Good guys. Their team is fantastic and successful. And Ivan's had a great year, but at times I'm just like going, "Oh man." So, anyways, I might recommend though. Uh, I might recommend the next time you want to uh, write what a dumb decision it is that you might want to, you know, maybe ask Ivan or maybe ask Dave to get a little background. Because um, I was quite shocked when Ivan's like, "No, I chose it. I wrote it." on Monday, and I was faster on it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And Gowan's like, yeah, did anyone force you? Did anyone pull out a knife or a gun or anything? And he's like, no. Nope. I just wrote it, and I liked it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you can gotcha. s- you can see when someone says we have to have a 350 on the track, and Cole Thompson gets benched, and Ivan Tedesco shows up on a 350, you could, you could connect the dots there, if you're me. Yeah. And... I confirmed that Ivan Tedesco was on a 350. Just I, I, I knew he was from people who were at the test track. But I definitely wanted to make sure. So I confirmed with Dave, is Ivan on a 350? And he goes, yes. And I go, okay. So now that he's on a 350, confirmed on that. Now I will offer up my opinion on this situation. So that's yeah. how it kind of went sideways from there. Okay. All right. Next time, maybe check. That, that would be my. What would I check on? I checked. Uh, so, Dave, is this, he has to ride it? It's under contract? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Or, well, that's what I did in I, Phoenix. You have to do this? That's, no. That's what I did in Phoenix. Dave, why is Cole Thompson racing? Because we have to have a 350 on the track. Okay, thank you. Move along. That's what I did in Phoenix. Connected. Connected the dots. Do I need Ladies to? Ladies and gentlemen, that's how we come up with us. We connect dots. That's what we do. Do I need to check perhaps every hour? Like, hey, Dave, Dave, it's 2. It's 2 p.m. How's the contract? Still, still on it or no, Dave? It's three thirty. Dave, it's Mathis again. It's three thirty. Anything change? I don't understand. Two weeks later, different rider. Uh, all right, hey, let's move on. Uh, good job by Evan Tedesco, and I think his comeback to Supercross. I don't think he's happy with it. 
Uh, as with any rider, they want better results. You know, Nick Lay is not happy with his 13th, and I, I think he should be. But I think Tedesco's comeback after a year off is great. Taking a year off racing doesn't work, JT, normally. Even the great Damon Bradshaw, Mike Krudowski, go on and on and on. Mark Bell. It doesn't – it's not – it's not a good way to, 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 to come back. No, I, I mean, you know, when he started down this path, I thought it was all about managing expectations. So if he thinks that 10th place is good and his sponsors are happy with that and the team, then great. You know, I, I, don't, I can't answer that for him. I don't know what they expected or what was considered good or bad. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's not really for me to say. You know, I I think he has definitely improved from what I saw like at Anaheim one. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's really all about what they think is good. I, I I can't answer that part. Can you answer if you think it's going good? I think it's going fine. Yeah, I you know I don't think you know he's he's not going to get on the podium from what I've seen, but he's in every main event. You know, he got a top ten for the first time this weekend. He's improving. So sure, yeah, I think it's going well. Weed, you're not uh, you're in California this week. You're not in North Carolina, but from what I hear, Josh Grant may have suffered a re-hurt his shoulder, and, and we could see the 38 on the track this weekend. Oh, yeah, I'm out of the loop. Um, oh, okay. I think they did complete his uh, they did complete his poster shoot, I believe, while the rest of the team was in at the race. Um, so he's now at least ready to sign posters. <laughs> Take him one step one step closer. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, though, because we were watching, if I can connect some dots here, we were watching Grant and saying, wait a minute, when he was soldiering back from injury, he was actually doing better than he is now. Something's up. Why well, he crashed He's in actually the, regressed. Well, he crashed into whoops. Did you see that in, at A3 in practice? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was all, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I guess, the byproduct of that. Yep, yep. And, yeah. I mean, really, Josh was not good this weekend. So, I don't know, maybe he'll make a recovery. Again, much like the weekend before when, when – Jay Bone said, "Hey, we're getting Phil out here." And Josh Grant said, "Why?" And Jay Bone's like, "To maybe ride your bike." And then Grant went out to the track, and he was feeling much better that next day. Maybe again, the innovator, uh, Coy Gibbs, <laughs> will have the the, the the axe of Nicoletti hanging over Josh's uh, head. But you know what? I wanted to give I begrudgingly wanted to give Coy credit for that. Mm-hmm. But he made a good point. Um, uh, not defending himself, he said, "Yeah." great guys who are hurt are now going to race is that necessarily good you know what i mean like all if all you're earning is a guy at you know 50 percent or 80 percent going out there that's not ideal either so oh i see what you mean oh the threat of nicoletti right right is that what you mean right like grant has struggled since he's been riding with injury understandably because he's riding with injury so if all that means is you got a guy to go out there and not ride at his best Mm -hmm. you really accomplish anything i still think they did but Coy won't take the credit. Well, I don't know. He told me he was going to go to Watson's office and take that innovator award. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, JT, I don't know. I don't know if the milestone assassin Nick Schmidt, if he owes Josh Grant money or something. But we were watching that semi race. Grant was not happy with that guy. Uh, yeah, that's a case of pride. Yeah, I mean, that was just a proud. He was too proud. He and and I probably would you know I would agree that he's a much better overall rider than Nick Schmidt. Nick Schmidt was passing him. They were going back and forth in a battle. And I've been in that spot. You're not 100%. You're not riding well. Things aren't going 
the way you want, and someone you feel that, and you're probably right, that you're much better than is is racing you hard, mm-hmm. you know? So he, you know, he took it to the level where you're riding dirty and kind of being a dick. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I've been in that spot, but it doesn't really make it any better. You know, I was kind of like, dude, come on. Yeah, I, I was just, yeah, I was the same with you. I'm like, God, Schmitz, you know, yeah, but I guess, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't be too hard on him because I've done the same thing, but it just sucks because I think Nick Schmidt was, Nick Schmidt probably deep down, he probably wouldn't admit this right now, but deep down he's like, you know, he's so excited to be battling with a rider like Josh Grant. Right. But, you know, it's probably ruined now because he probably hates Josh Grant. <laughs> now he but, hates Josh Grant, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Lessie had rear brake problems. Uh, Chris Blose, Chris Blose got a brand new bike, I heard. Now he's on a 2014, he was on a 2012. So, going for the win, Chris Blose. Uh, I thought Chris Blose were great. He's been riding good, no doubt. He's probably the guy in the main event doing the most with the least. Like he's literally out of a van, and I don't know. And, if he's, and I don't know if he's going. May east. or may not be down by the river. And I don't know if he's going east either. I'm not sure. So, um, what else? Albertson won a semi, uh, Weege, and that's why semis are good because guy like Albertson gets lots of lots of TV time. Yeah, yeah, and. Um... He's gotten better. As you know, I was going to be on the Jimmy train this year. Mm-hmm. Although he made the main event in Anaheim 1, I was very nervous. It did not look good. He made the main, but the riding, I was like, oh, man, this looks shaky. But I think he's um, I think he's gotten better. I think he's evened it out. You know, it's maybe nerves and all that. I hadn't raced in a while much mm-hmm. during Anaheim 1. He's looking a lot better now. And can we defend him about the uh, the blue flags? He didn't. Uh, when I was down near the podium interviewing Reed and a bunch of dudes after the race, there were people, you know, Anyone involved with Reed, Roxon, or anybody else who's on the podium. And there's a lot of people surrounding those guys. A lot of them were not happy with Jimmy. They have the blue flags out there for a reason. Well, they didn't actually have any blue flags. There weren't blue flags. You can watch. Jimmy does not see a blue flag until Reed has already passed him. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could see that happening. He was tangled up. I didn't know who he was tangled up with, but it was free, so that only adds to it. Right. I'm like, okay, he was just in a knockdown drag-out battle with a dude. They probably don't even know what position they're in, but the bottom line is he just got taken out by a guy. They're getting up. So all he's thinking is, shit, I better get going. I'm going to probably lose positions. I was just on the ground. Right. Oh, somebody's, on my, somebody's behind me, and it's the last lap. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And I'm like, he doesn't realize it's the leaders. So then I'm watching for blue flags. Mm-hmm. I think from the corner, he was down with freeze. All the way to the court. I think in the corner, repassed him is when the blue flags came out. What do you expect Jimmy to do there? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, if anything, he jacked up Roxon a tiny little bit from maybe Roxon having a one percent chance of making something happen. You know, um, in my opinion. But anyways. how can you blame a guy who didn't? No. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like, why yeah. doesn't? Why don't they move over and they right. see the blue flags? We'll blame the flags for not coming out. There weren't any. The the worst is all those guys on those around those riders, like, like when I when I was managed by Larry Brooks, Larry didn't think anyone should be on the track other than McGrath, no, no one on the track, like. Oh man, like, I I used to want to fight Larry Brooks after like, the main event. But they're all like that. They're just like. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, it's part of racing. It's yeah. Part of racing. It, it's what it's what it is, man. It's a, uh, you know, um, people were complaining about the short start straight this weekend and how it was. Such a, you know, such a, um, um, what's the word? I'm 
struggling here. It's such a gamble or whatever. That's racing. A short start straight. That's racing. Gear your bike or pick your tire. Or the, everyone's got the same start gate, you know, and everyone has to deal with lappers, and it's part of racing. And, and But some of those guys in those teams are out of hand. Like, I've seen guys just berate guys after the race, you know. And, JT, you were, probably, you were one of them a lot, even though you were an awesome rider. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, and back to, you know, the Larry Brooks thing. He would stand in the middle of the start straightaway coming into the first turn and yell at us to move out of the way. Yeah. And Jeremy was nowhere near us yet. Yeah. yeah. So it literally got to the point where if I was having a bad race, I'm, I'm just going to run him over. <laughs> like, I'm just going to hit him wide open. No, Larry would stand on the track with his arms up in the air like, yeah. what are you doing? It was yeah. so overboard, yeah. man. Uh, it really used to piss me off. I agree. Um, Kyle Lewis and, and Heath Foss God those guys They were on a hit list for team managers for years um, <laughs> Yeah I think uh, I think Boss, Boss used to wear uh, Earplugs so I don't think he knew Half the time when somebody was behind him <laughs> Right really right Yeah so uh, I think that was half the problem Alright let's move on to 250s anything else about 450s Let's move on Kyle to- Lewis once told me that uh, in the in the To defend Chad Reed Who said you know the level Carmichael Stewart age, it doesn't get any higher than that. Kyle told me that he eventually could smell when they were coming up on him because their bikes and clutches were so fried by, like, whatever lap this would have been. He could smell them before he could hear them. I thought it was, like, an old Spice ad or something. He could <laughs> yeah. smell the awesomeness. Right, right. Um, <laughs> let's get to 250s and talk about Valentin Tellier. Let's okay. Just, I mean, story. leading the heat. 15th in the main, looking good. He screwed, he screwed me on my fantasy team, by the way. Why? What was he? What was he supposed to get? He was a four. Oh, one oh. spot, JT. It's on my shit list. He looks good, though, out there. Yes. He, 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 he got taken out by Seeley. When Seeley went down, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. When Seeley went down, he got caught up in it. So really get mad at Seeley? Nah. Still, um, mad, still mad at Frenchie. All right, let's 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 talk about the guy, you know, the, the top guys here. Uh, Wilson is twelve. Twelve is he twelve back? What what is he? Let me see. Yeah, I think he's twelve, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nine, nine, thanks, guys. Thanks for helping me out. Yes, they're uh, they're twelve. The top two are tied. Wilson's twelve back. Twelve points back. Who would have ever thunk? People were hitting the panic button. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Still, 12 points back of two guys. There is uh, three races left. Yeah, three races left. San Diego, Seattle. Oh, what's Houston? Do we know? Houston is west. Okay. There's four races left. Yes. So, points. wait, how does it go? It goes it, it goes two west, then the New York one, and then yep. and two then... west and east in the final? Yep. Yep. Wow. Um. Hey, by the way, um, man, the uh, the Super Bowl in New York had a lot of transit issues. I hope that doesn't affect the Supercross there. I mean, do you do you see guys maybe passing out on those train platforms, or are we going to be okay? Well, I think that was a isolated situation because they ha- they had to use transit for the for the Super Bowl. Okay, because I've I've heard a lot about the Supercross in New York, and I've heard a lot about how this is going to be a huge turning point for the sport. So I'm just checking to make sure everybody can get there safely. 
I think the uh, 16 regular NFL games they've had there the last three or four years have been fine. I think they'll be okay. Okay, all right. So I'm just checking. Super Bowl. Super Bowl is probably not the, the gold standard of this is how the stadium runs every weekend. Um, so I was pumped on the weather, though. Pumped on the weather. Doing Jersey, fa- doing Jersey proud. We, 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 put our, we, we put our best foot forward. Manning didn't play that well, Weege. I don't know. It's weird. It's strange. Yeah, don't be cocky now. You were nervous. You were nervous to those first two playoff games. He did well, and you were like, uh-oh, I might not have anything to say right now. You were definitely sweating this, <laughs> that Peyton was going to have three good games and win the title. It was definitely a possibility. Uh, yeah, but in the end, he did what he did. He did what he always does. He went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's uh, one and two in Super Bowls now. Yep, he's uh, <laughs> a, got hundreds of millions of dollars, too. Going to the Hall of Fame. Yep. No, he's going to the Hall of Fame. No doubt. Just not going in yep. there as a you know, real clutch quarterback. Oh, as a Super Bowl winner? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, just one, though. Just one. Uh, losing playoff okay. record with many favorite teams. Sure, he's really upset that you have this opinion I'll take, of him. I'll take Tom Brady any day. Any day. And, well, but I would Hayden take smashed him a few weeks ago. I would take any. I would take Brady or Manning over any Raiders quarterback, however. Yeah, just for the record, there's high school there's high school quarterbacks across the country that are better. <laughs> do you remember when? Do you remember when the Raiders were going to draft Marcus? And I was so excited, JT. I started telling you how he could throw 80 yards from his knees and stuff. You also think that Bulls can't win, so uh, you, you're ridiculous to start with. <laughs> so, 12 points down for Wilson uh, to Anderson and Seeley. Um, his margin of error is pretty thin, but. Uh, Man, JT, he's been he's been the best guy the last two weeks by far. Four heat race wins as well to go along. Like this is what Dean Wilson, what we thought we were going to see, right? Yeah, for sure. And he's he's back in this thing. Um, I've kind of been saying this all along. It hasn't been as drastic as I kind of predicted, but this two fifty class is always like this. Guys crash out. They, you know, it wasn't Jason Anderson's fault that he crashed, but it's. Still the the mo of that class for a guy like Mookie to go in there and knock him down, or just just dramatic, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of variance in the results, which opens the door if you can win races uh, to get back in there. You know, if, if Dean's bike hadn't malfunctioned, we're looking at a six point gap instead of a twelve point gap right now, and it's it, you know it's it's real close. So I don't think this thing is anywhere. You know, I think Dean Dean is very much in the hunt. Obviously, the other two are tied for the lead, so anything goes with them. But yeah, I think this is going to come down to a three horse race. I really do. What What do you think, Weege? I think we underestimated uh, how much all the time off uh, that Wilson has had would affect him in what is a short series. I think, yeah, we are now seeing the Dean Wilson we expected to see, and all the problems were. I think just in general, he hadn't raced much, and it maybe just took a couple of weeks to get rolling. Now he's pretty much where we expected him to be. Um, yeah, points-wise, it's still going to be a little bit tough, but uh, I think it'd be nine points. He would be six points behind Anderson, but he'd be, be nine points behind Sealy if he hadn't had that freak problem. Um, yeah, and I was thinking of Anderson. You're correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, though, either way, the point is, as disastrous as the season looks, all he needed was two good weekends, and it's not like those guys DNF'd. And, well, lo and behold, he's right there. So, yeah, we probably shouldn't have been saying the guy should have had it. I've been telling you guys that. Yeah, I know. And you're also saying the 350 is going to be good, <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. 
Hey, I I like to uh, you know Filthy Phil, Kyle Peters. Uh, I'm, I'm you know I, I let people know when I when I nail things, but I'm also not scared. To let people know when you know Chad Reed is still racing in America, correct? Yeah, still. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Um, I uh, but this is what do you guys think about that? I think Wilson. We we were no, not, no. We assumed yeah, that Dean no. Wilson would just be Dean Wilson no. at one. It took a few weeks. No, I got it all figured out in my observations column coming out uh, today. If people are listening to this. Oh. Today. He, okay. uh, I'll be reading it tonight as soon as I, we're done with this. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand how a national champion, like to me, look, Supercross is the premier title uh, in the in the in the country, maybe in the world for dirt biking. But to me, the hardest thing to win is a national outdoor national title. And I don't know if anybody would disagree with me, but um, Dean's a national title winner, and I think that gives you so much clout, and I got so much respect for that. It's it's incredible, and Dean. It's so fast that year that he won. But I really think that this was all mental. This was upstairs, man. And I don't know if it's his trainer, his team, his his training program. But we all thought he could win. We all talked about he could win. Everyone thought he was going to win. And he started getting arm pumped. Like, go figure. Like, how is a guy getting arm pumped? He crashes out. He uh, has some shitty races. He crashes back in one. Pressure's gone. He's relaxed. Oh, look at that. You know what I mean? Like, I totally think that Dean, Dean's problems were mental. And now that he had no pressure on him, he is now showing everybody what he can do. I really, 100%. I really believe that. I, I don't, Me I, too. I just, I don't, and I don't know why he would get arm pumped, though. That's weird because I'm sure he's riding his balls off. I'm sure he's in shape. He won a national title, so the guy's gnarly. You know, when you win Three. a nas- national title, you're gnarly. That's it. Bottom line. Um, uh, he wasn't. He wasn't expected to win that national title, though. No, but I'm saying when you do that, you're gnarly. Like I put yeah, you in another course. category of guys. I think. I think the 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 mental side. I 100 percent agree with you. The mental side caused the arm pump, but the mental problems were caused from everyone saying he was going to win and all of the expectations. Yeah. So I think it all. Yeah work together yeah yeah so. yeah. maybe so maybe the tr- when i said trainer slash training program i could be out of the loop i'm just something made pressure something made arm pump you know and, and i jt you're the former racer here so um, i just think he was nervous yeah, i really do yeah. i think he was expected to win and he took off and things weren't going perfectly and he was he just was like oh no what's happening and then you tighten up and it goes you know Spiral yeah. downward in a hurry, and then I'm so I'm going to be interested to see if he gets closer to Anderson and Seeley, how he reacts again. I'll be watching. Um, so neither of you jerkies saw the Mookie Anderson thing, like oh I, I saw that one. Okay, so that what, one I did see. What's yeah. your, what's your? Well, I thought I asked that earlier in the show, and none of you guys. No, he said he said Dungey and Stewart. No, but then I had said it was a lot like the Mookie Anderson thing. Yeah, but you didn't ask us when we saw that one. Okay, all right. Um, so I thought Anderson's move on Mookie was fine. That's just a super cross pass. I don't think he even made contact with him. Mookie had to go high, and then Mookie gets him back in the next turn. I didn't like that. I, I, I don't. What do you think, Weege? Yeah. Um, now that I know it's a revenge, and I think it's pretty much been stated by Malcolm. Um, yeah. That yeah, I think that's a little bit. Ridiculous. I mean, especially, I immediately was on Malcolm's side because people immediately started saying, was that a teammate taking people out? And I'm like, come on. No, it's not. Really? Halfway through the season, 
right. halfway through the season. And I'm sure if you go back and watch every heat race and every main event, there's probably been times where teammates of various teams have been around each other nonstop. They don't take each other out. Like It's a very, very rare circumstance. So I was like, it must have just been a racing accident. It didn't even occur to me that that would be revenge because <laughs> it didn't seem warranted. Like, right. like come on. The, right. Plus, even though he's going against your teammate for the title, I would think for the most part there's enough etiquette where I'm not going to blow out a dude's season well, there was nothing, over a move like that. There was nothing wrong with that pass, right, JT? The first pass? Yeah, Anderson's pass. Stay with us here. Uh, it was aggressive. I don't know. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but right. I think we've seen – We've seen Mookie retaliate pretty aggressively. So, I, you know, from the pass he put on Bogle a couple of years ago, uh, there's been a lot of incidents where I think, you know, Mookie with Barsha at Utah. Mookie, I, I on, think, Bo- Mookie on Bogle. I think Mookie's not scared to run people off the track and knock them down. So. <laughs> Mookie on Bogle. It's not I do, surprising. I, I do not remember Mookie on Bogle. Where was that? Uh, yeah, where Bogle slapped him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The opener. Yeah, hey, good. I was on KTM back in the day uh, when Langston um, did did Bobby Bonds at Hangtown. Do you guys remember yeah. that? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Bonds is jacking with Langston, and Langston just goes down a straightaway and just hangs a left, takes out Bonds' front tire. And really, Bonds was never the same guy, which is maybe partly due to that. I don't know. Anyways, so after the race, Andrew Langston was yelling at the pro circuit mechanics, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> so uh, we were all like, "Huh?" But was this the case? Was this the case of JT of messing with the bull, you get the horns? Uh, kind of. But I mean, I think when you're aggressive, you have to expect aggression back, right? Right. So yeah, I think uh, you know, Mookie went in there, did what he planned on doing. And that's why I think I don't think Anderson was overly upset about it because you know when you go in there and, and you get aggressive first, you know if someone, especially a guy like Mookie, who we've seen is willing to get in there and do that, you have to know it's coming back. Mm. So yeah, just part of it. Um, yeah. See, I don't know. Like I just thought I would have never thought if I was Anderson and I did that path. Like, oh crap! I got to come in now. Like it just didn't seem like the one matched the other, even. Even knowing what we know about Mookie, I guess. We don't know what Barsha did to Mookie at Utah. Must have been something fierce. Oh, or maybe not. Yeah. I mean I, I don't think that I don't think that the, the Mookie the Mookie I don't think the Mookie pass was that incredibly dirty. I mean he was aggressive and I think he went in there to make contact, but I mean he didn't he didn't hit him like T bone in the side. They kinda yeah. hit bars. I don't think it was like Fine worthy or that bad or anything. I mean, obviously Anderson high sided pretty dramatically, but I think the the way he flew off his bike was a little bit um, more spectacular than the contact that was made. So you do not think that what you're saying is you don't think that Malcolm was going. I'm this guy will go down in this corner. Like that was not necessarily the intent. He just was what ended up happening. Well, I, I think he went in there to make contact and kind of. Uh, make an aggressive pass, and contact was, you know, probably on his mind, but it wasn't like, oh, this guy's going down, whether I go down or not, you know, because I've been in that spot where I don't right, care who goes down, this guy's going down. I don't think it was that. I just gotcha. think he saw That's... the inside there, and he's like, yeah. okay, well, you want to get rough? Let's get rough. And then, obviously, Anderson kind of high-sided. Right. It ended up that way, but he didn't go in there with the plan of, we are both going to crash here. 
No, I, I don't think so at all. Yeah. No. I see. All right. I, I, if that's the case, then you got to let him off a little bit. I'm just saying you shouldn't be knocking dudes down because of a pass like that. But maybe he didn't intend to knock him down. And I, I would agree with you. I don't think that if that was his plan, then I don't. I don't agree. With, you know, I don't think the right. sentence matched the crime. But I don't think that was his plan. Uh, good call by Anderson, though. It's a good ride, I mean, to get up from 11th to 5th and salvage some points. Webb got 3rd. Hill got 4th. Good rides by both of those guys. Although, uh, Weege, the gap between Wilson Seeley, Anderson, and everyone else is, is bigger and perhaps getting bigger. Or is big um, and perhaps getting bigger. Yeah, I know. But, um, I mean, the gap was pretty big early. And we did lose Osborne. Um, you know, if you look at the first races, it was those four guys and a huge gap. So I don't know if it's a massive difference than what it was. Can we have a moment of silence for Zach Osborne's championship hopes? It's going to be What's tough. The, I know uh, somebody, do we have, do we have predicted. Any... Sorry, Weech. Uh, no. Do somebody we have any official made... verdict? Uh, he's going to miss San Diego. Yeah. He's going to miss San Diego as well? Yeah, he's going to miss San Diego. So, okay. And then after that, you know, the series takes a hiatus, so. Um, Jake Canada, JT, were you high on his rod? Rode well. Um, <laughs> I thought he rode well. I, I, I was a little bit disappointed that he dropped back so much, but I know he's been, you know, we, I know he's been beat up and banged up and he's missed time. So I guess you could understand it, but I, I thought he had a great opportunity to get, a, you know, even a podium wasn't out of the question. He was third, a solid third, mm-hmm. but for sure a top five, I thought he had. And obviously, you know, whether it's being injured or the fitness or not being able to ride or whatever the issue was, you could tell that he kind of, uh, you know, settled for what he could kind of get at the end. You know who's put two good races together, Wygant? Who's that? Dakota Tedder. Yeah. Uh, did he crash because of the Anderson Mookie thing, or did he completely coincidentally he went down in the outside of the corner when they were laying down in a heap right in front of him. He did? That? No. Yeah. No, I didn't notice. Or, no. or at least got stopped. Maybe he just stopped. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he's gotten good starts. He's, he's riding pretty well. Mm-hmm. I talked to Dean Ferris today for an interview, and uh, he admits the first thing that Roger said to him was, don't get hurt in Supercross. So <laughs> he, he, does that have, he does have that in his mind out there. He wants to stay healthy for, uh, for outdoors. So I think we'll see a much better Dean Ferris probably next year. and But he's still not doing too bad. But it's got to be like if you're Dean Ferris, and look, you're, you're not on the – what is going on, Wygant? What is that noise? What, what are you doing? Cars are crossing the street. i got to get uh, I gotta get away from the – Tell the cars – to be outside. The only place I can get reception is outside. Tell, so the cars to sto- tell the cars to stop. You're doing a podcast. I know the audio is very important to you. Um. It has to be depressing a little bit if you're Dean Ferris and you're on a Red Bull factory KTM. And I know Supercross isn't your forte. But when Seeley got up in that heat race, I mean, he went by Dean and probably blew the stickers off his bike. Like, <laughs> the cap. And again, you know, nothing, nothing against Dean. But, man, you got a ways to go before you get to the Seeley level, JT. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think Supercross is... You know, his strong suit by any means right now. Mm-hmm. But get out there, keep your bike in the main event, stay off the ground. He wasn't hired for Supercross. So, okay. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I don't, I just don't think they had big plans for him. 
doing much, you know. So mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. Okay. Do the best you can, stay healthy, and be ready to, you know, kick some ass when we go outside. Rapid fire question time before we wrap this thing up. The uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. You guys ready? Yep. Wygant, who wins the 250 West title? Still going with Sealy. Still going with it. Oh, okay. I'm very nervous, but I'm, that's what I said. I'm going to stick with it. Okay, JT, who wins this 250 West title? Uh, Jason Anderson. I'm going Anderson, too. Surprised you didn't go with Wilson, JT. That's your guy. Yeah, I want Dean to win, but right. I just think yeah. I think all three of them are very close right now. So mm-hmm. why would I pick a guy that's 12 points down? Okay. Biggest surprise in the 250 West Series? Biggest surprise. Weege. Are you is multiple choice? Wait, hold on. Whatever. Sorry. Whatever. Is that loud? That's fine. Is that loud? That's fine. Is that loud? Um, I'm going to go with Webb. I'm going to go with Webb, actually. Yeah. That's ridiculous, but okay. That's fine. It's your answer. Wait, can I change that? You're yeah. right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Change it. Yeah, it's uh, it's Justin Hill. Okay. All right. Yeah. J- JT. Yeah. Um, Dean Wilson struggles. I'm going to go with Valentin Tellier's inability to get a win. Okay. Do you think Valentin could win? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay. Biggest surprise in the 450 class, JT. Uh, Chad Reed. Weege. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to say that biggest surprise is the fact that neither Grant nor Brayton has been benched yet. My biggest surprise. Yeah. For Filthy Phil. Likely. Likely. <laughs> no, nah, let's go with uh, – I'm going to go Andrew Short. I'm impressed with Short. He's quadding shit, you know, and he's jumping big jumps, and he's old and only got a, one of only five guys to be in the top ten. And I know, JT, you said you you could see more out of him, but I, I think I've – you know, he's uh, – look at the points. Like, like, you look at the points, and you're like, he's ahead of Will Hahn. Okay, the last year's 250 Supercross title. He's ahead of Jake Weimer, um, you know, factory cowie guy. He's ahead of Brock Tickle. He's ahead of Josh Grant. You know, I didn't say he could. I didn't think. Of, I'm not saying he could be better in points. I think he could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he could I, have better finishes. I, I think. I, I think Andrew Short is is is, and maybe Nick Way because let's face it, his outdoor season was not good. Like who here when Nick was finished outdoors at. Uh, the Lake Elsinore? Yeah, Lake Elsinore. Who quietly had taps playing in their head as he rode off, right? What about eighth in the LCQ at Anaheim 1? <laughs> there you go, right? We were like, oh, shit. Right. We did not want to see this end like this. Yeah, if you told me he would be getting 13th on the reg, which he's doing. Right. Good for him. Good for him. If you had told me Weege would use on the reg in this podcast, I would have been pretty surprised, yep. too. So. Yep. Okay. Can I, give a, can I give an honorable mention to Angry Dunge? Yes. Angry Dunge. I think that's pretty surprising. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I do. I would not be surprised, though, like we said, if he gathered up the points, got Roger in there, sat him down. <laughs> all right. All right, jackass. I did it your way. I got a broken hydraulic clutch master cylinder, some crashes, and now look at me.
So, <laughs> all angry. Um, all right, anything else? We finally got this thing done for all you uh, people that uh, just couldn't live without it. I hope you're happy. I, I don't think that's a good etiquette to get angry at your listeners, but. Probably not. That's how tell I them to leave you alone. <laughs> very, very angry. Um, been a rough week for you, huh, Steve? Yeah. Been a rough week. Yeah, been a rough week, and I got rock star racing guys angry, and, and freestylers angry, and Chris Blow's angry, and I just. Do we, get, have, do we have a Mad Dog update? I don't know who you speak of. <laughs> Apparently not. I do not know who you speak of. Um, all right, anything else, guys? Are you both? Are you both going to San Diego? Uh, I will do it every round. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Even though I'm, I'm right up the road. But I'm not gonna go. Can we talk about Alex Van Halen? Dude, huh? that was awesome. I met Alex Van Halen. Oh boy, you didn't even get into that. If it wasn't for me meeting Alex Van Halen, I would have quit this job and got a job at Albertsons bagging groceries. But Jimmy, what? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Albertsons. Jimmy Albertsons. Um, thank God I met Alex Van Halen and he changed, he changed my outlook on everything. What a guy. What Is a there man. a chance? Most of the stuff went down after you met him. So was there like some sort of like Brayton Barsha transfer of power, like for something yeah. that good to happen? Yeah. There's an equal and opposite You've got to leave. You've got to leave this transfer of power. Out. This is the season of the Zoltar. Stop talking about this out loud with people. Like in the well, middle, in the middle of the it race, continues. The powers just transfer back. If you see Braden Bar should go back to where you would expect him to be all along, then I will say, suck it, stamp it. Exactly what I said happened. Happened. There was a transfer of power for three or four weeks. <laughs> however many it was. Stop. Stop talking out loud about this because in the middle of the race this weekend, you're like, oh, there it is. Transfer of power has gone back. It has gone back. Yeah. It has gone back. Yeah. I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? What? Um, what if a- you folks want a little reading to learn more about this, there's a book called Flowers for Algernon. If folks want to read that, and you'll you know what it's all about. I don't read books that can't happen in real life. <laughs> it was a movie also in like the 70s. Very, very relatable can we, in real life, yes. Before we wrap this up, can we talk about my performance in the goggle shootout? Coming in second, I was impressed. Actually, you thought I was. Gonna why, didn't, why didn't you guys have? Why didn't you have more guys in it, like the uh, like Cuzo or Bevo? Yeah, or... why didn't you? Great question, Jesus. Yes. I do you think they would have wanted to take place uh, or take part? Benny from Dragon. I, do you think they would have wanted to take part? I don't know. I think so. Yes, oh. absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm not aware whether or not they they would want to be in that in that contest. But, I just felt like the focus was very narrow. It wasn't a broad well, spectrum of I don't think it matters. companies represented. I don't think it matters who you're lining up. I think Knowles is crushing anybody. Can we agree on that? Well, then you might as well line up more guys. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I see where you guys are going with this. Uh, well, I was surprised myself. I even asked Knowles, wait a minute, isn't there a dude from, like, Smith or Kuzo or, well, I don't know, Dragons out there, right? Like, we, had, I, we had Von Zipper. He declined. Oh, that's right. We did have Von Zipper represent. And, and, and the Von Zipper rep declined to take part. Brady from Smith. Did you talk to him? There was no one there from Smith Goggles, from what, from my understanding. Brady was there. Oh, he was. Yes. Uh, that's what I get for listening to the other Goggle guy. Um, and then well, Kenny from Dragon. Yeah. Never spoken a word to Kenny from Dragon. Seems like a nice guy. Yep. But Should then have invited him. But then again, we saw what the camera. 
and the crowd did to Hedgy. Poor Hedgy. This is this is much like uh, Joe Cox and Antonio Caroli complaining about not being invited to the Monster Cup. They were. Yes, at, at Motocross of Nations. You don't remember this? No. No, I don't. Wow, your memory is terrible. Oh, sorry, bro. I remember. Uh, if you saw what happened to Canada, you wouldn't. You'd be with me. You don't remember standing under the KTM tent with Joe Cox and Antonio Caroli, and then both. All I remember was you were, their displeasure about not being invited to the Monster Cup. All I remember is you were ready to fight Jill over something that she said, where you finally said, "Okay, I'm dropping it. Okay, I'm, I'll just drop it. I'll just drop it." What was that? I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously aware you don't remember. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? You disagreed yeah, about something. You're, yeah, you're ridiculous. No, no. You disagreed with her about something that happened at a race. And right. I'm probably, I would think you probably had it right, JT. I would think. And then you were starting to get into argument. And then you were like, okay, all right. Just going to drop it. <laughs> I remember that. You can't win, you can't win with um, the, the significant other of racers. Yeah, right. I've learned this. And that comes from experience, right? right? Yes, I've learned this. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, yeah, Hedgy, Hedgy, uh, getting back to the goggle thing, Hedgy had a big lead, Wygant, didn't he? But then just the trembles came in. Yeah, well, I have to give you credit here, and much like Coy, it shudders when I think these words, but, like, you are also a goggle guy. You are also a goggle guy. But as this podcast proves, you have many other things you are doing during the week, working on in life. The fact that you were able to go toe-to-toe with guys who do nothing but goggles. That's it. That's all they do. That's their focus in life. Uh, later on, I thought to myself, hey, that was pretty impressive. Like, he was right in the mix. And Oakley has that air brake lens that slides up into the whole thing. I thought there was like a I – thought, I thought they had ruled that he couldn't use that or something. Um, well, our buddy John Knowles said that you couldn't use the air brake, and then I think he had a few brewskis in him. And all of a sudden, he started spouting off about how he didn't care. And he would crush Uh-oh. anybody anyways. <laughs> like, it was very strange. I was like, okay. Yeah. Your, your previous performances against Knowles were more than I expected. Right, right, right. Yeah, they weren't good. I mean, it was, it was like minutes, the difference. <laughs> but this time, you were right in the mix. I, I got, improved my game. Okay. Thanks, uh, JT. Thanks, Jason uh, Wygant, for doing the uh, BTOsports.com. Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, the Anaheim 3 wrap-up. Hope you're all happy. It's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night, 11 o'clock where JT is, and we're still working to try to give you guys all you jerkies content. So I hope you're all happy. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go by.